welcome to episode two of A Walk in the Black Forest, the goodies podcast. This episode was recorded on Saturday, April 18th, 2020. Now, as is the terror with uh, trying to record live audio over the internet, we did run into a few issues with Barnaby's audio. The first couple of minutes of his audio is a little bit patchy, a little bit crackly, but we did sort it out and uh, we've gone back and tried to clean it up as much as possible. But it shouldn't be too much of a distraction. We started our last episode not knowing how it was going to turn out. In actual fact, we ended up with so much material, we've had to split our first episode into two parts. So this is now episode two. And joining us from sunny London in England, world-renowned actor, comedian, writer, producer, musician, and all-round nice guy, the illustrious Barnaby Eaton-Jones. Barnaby's been on the live performing circuit for many years, and I dare say a lot of you Londoners will know him by name, by face, and by reputation. Barnaby is without doubt one of the hardest working performers in the industry, and we're honoured to have him with us tonight with the second part of our tribute to the late great Tim Brooke Taylor and to the comedy of the goodies. Join us now for a walk in the Black Forest, the Goodies Podcast. I'm Todd Barnaby. Nice to meet you. Hello. Uh, Fiona. Yeah. 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 Hello, Fiona. I believe you know um, Mike. Yes, we not in person, but we've met online via email. Mm-hmm. I did your Goodies ET poster thingy. Yes, and he's got a better beard than I have, so... Uh, so. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, don't, don't be blown away by our professionalism, Barnaby. I'm sure it'll uh, <laughs> you'll learn the truth very, very soon. It's fine. I've got an Easter banner behind me and children making sound effects off another, so I'm, I'm as professional as they come. I see. <laughs> if you've come for champagne comedy, you're at the wrong place. <laughs> this, is, this is more like a $2 spew manty comedy. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for putting us in contact with Mike. I mean, we were just just uh, saying then what a what a lovely fellow he is. He's just he's run with us now yeah. for about an hour, and and for someone to jump in with someone he doesn't know and to to just meld in like that, like he has, it's just it's astonishing. Yeah, I don't. I actually don't know him particularly well, but he he um, produced that sort of ET homage uh, yeah. of the tram. It's amazing, and it, and it was supposed to be for the Audible recording, but because we already had uh, one, I can't remember whether we already had one or they wanted to go for a simpler design, but um, but we ended up obviously using the silhouettes sort of instead of the uh, of the goodies heads rather than the the ET one. But the ET one is just is amazing. It's really really clever. Right. So you're involved with the actual with the Audible recording, were you? Well, since I was the one that set it up and suggested it, and uh, yeah, so I'd been doing, I'm sorry, I'll read that again, which was their sort of radio show they did before the goodies, and because obviously I then knew uh, sort of Graham and Tim and Bill a little bit, um, I suggested the goodies on audio, expecting them to say, no, that would be a very, very silly idea, uh, but they all said, uh, yeah, we'll give it a go. <laughs> 
and uh, and then we did the whole the whole new new episodes. And this is an evening of introductions, right. isn't it, Mike? Yes, it is. Yes, yes. Luckily for us, uh, the bar's uh, for you. Sorry, the bar's pretty low for us, so we're. Uh, <laughs> you don't have to be that good. I've embarrassed myself in interviews all over the world, guys. You know. <laughs> we embarrass ourselves, so don't worry. <laughs> I just had this thought, which sort of feeds on from where I was. I was in the same headspace. The show stands in a moment in time and we're moving through time away from it which means our perspective of the show changes did you some of us something Fiona? and the what happens what's happened though is that the goodies and tim are both enduring because of the quality of the show the quality of their talent the the quality of the writing funny is funny and that's has stayed there it's still funny. It's always going to be funny. I think Fiona's got nailed it there. It, it is. It's. It's true. It. It. They have cemented a moment in time there that we can go back to over and over again. And future generations way beyond us, you know, a thousand years hence, hopefully, will be able to go back and look at the goodies. They won't understand as much as we do, but yeah. there will always be elements, hopefully, that they will find, you know, amusing, entertaining, profound, or 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 even just curious. But yeah, they have created something that that, that will endure long be, long beyond the deaths of the creators and of the original viewers. Well, that's yeah. right. Well, it's fifty years old this year. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that endures. It still worked. It still worked right across the oceans to Australia. Like, um, I don't know what Lancashire is as a kid. I'd never. I don't know. So it's where Icky Thumb. Thumb comes from. It's still. Yeah, I know that now. But <laughs> as, a, as a kid, I had no idea what that meant. But it was still. For some reason, extremely funny. These people wearing these giant hats and the strange way they spoke, and they had a mystical gong, which was a bathtub on a wall. It it still worked, even though I didn't understand what they were satirising. I didn't understand, the, you know, the Lancashire and the, and the accent and their, their chip butties, but it still was <laughs> funny. Now we really do appreciate your uh, your time tonight, both uh, yourself and Mike, for joining us uh, across the ocean. We're, uh, we're over here in Sydney, Australia. Mike is uh, joining us from Ireland. And Barnaby's coming live from London. I am, well, vaguely live, I say. I was just going to ask Barnaby if he was in Cricklewood. <laughs> I'm not, I'm about an hour and a half away. So. <laughs> we'll say before, like we're coming to the end of a very, very sad week as Goodies fans, obviously with the passing of Tim Brooke Taylor this week. Um, and Barnaby, you were lucky enough to work with him on stage. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yes, he was um, uh, incredibly supportive. Uh, I wanted to do, I'm sorry, I'll read that again, uh, as a stage show, which is the radio show that uh, all, the, all of the goodies were in originally. Um, and uh, he very kindly came. We did, we did it as a one-off to begin with. And he came along to watch it and basically sort of report back to Graham and Bill and say, yeah, I think these guys, these guys aren't going to muck it up too much. Mm. And so uh, <laughs> it was really, really him, in a sense, that allowed us to carry on. And that was about four years ago. So we've been touring with the show. And Tim uh, has been with us for most of our dates. He cameos in the shows on stage. And so, and the very very last thing he did was uh, cameoing in uh, I'm sorry I'll read that again in uh, February so um, 
it was uh, it was just a shock because he was supposed to be uh, joining us for virtually all our dates in our uh, tour this year and the show was written sort of around him as a, a full cast member rather than a, a special guest because he really wanted to do more stuff so um, it's a yeah it's just a, it's, it's a, it was a shock yeah incredible shock to everybody who's uh, been a fan of the goodies of uh, anything Tim's done as far back as uh, the early Python stuff um just just an incredible loss for everyone and for someone that i'd never met personally um i don't know you just you kind of feel shattered yeah so barnaby how did you um come about uh working on the uh, on the show with tim oh uh well i basically thought i'd been cast in a in a goon show revival which um which i sort of backed out of after about a couple of rehearsals because I, I wasn't quite I'm used to running my own productions and I wasn't quite sure uh, what this one would be like. And so I was thinking to myself, well, you know, what was my favourite radio show aside from the uh, the Goons? Um, and it was, I'm sorry, I'll read that again. And so I thought, oh, well, I, I wonder if I can do a one-off comedy sort of version of it on stage. And so I asked uh, a chap I know called Dirk Maggs, who many people will, will know via Hitchhiker's Guide, Guide to the Galaxy... Um, and he, I basically said, how do I get in touch to license it from the BBC? And he said, well, I'll tell you what, why don't I just put you in touch with Graham Garden? And I went, oh, uh, that'll be lovely. Thank you very, <laughs> thank you very much. Um, so, so then, yeah, we did a one-off. Tim came along and sort of okayed it. And then he basically, I mean, I asked him if they wanted a cameo and he was the, the most enthusiastic and, and sort of, you know, because we did quite a lot of shows, I got to know him really, really well. Um, and it was, and then obviously then suggested about doing the goodies uh, again on uh, on Audible. Um, so it was, yeah. So it was just a yeah, a slow, a slow sort of water torture where I just kept dripping <laughs> things to them and saying, "Let's do this, let's do this," <laughs> and and finally they relented. So. <laughs> So, Barnaby, did you know that Tim had contracted coronavirus before you found out that he had passed from it? Yeah, no, I, I emailed, uh, I think he was, it was just before he went to the hospital, he emailed me uh, to say that he'd had it for about a week and then he was uh, going to go in. Um, and then, uh, obviously, then I tried to keep in touch via his wife, um, Christine, and she... She very kindly sort of, you know, mentioned, you know, he stood in, but he's he's not doing too badly, and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, and so, but unfortunately, he did come out, and he did seem to be getting better. But uh, but as we know from this horrible virus, there it just, you know, you can't tell what's going to happen. So, and unfortunately, it, it took him from us, which was ludicrous, really. But um, there you go. And how's Mrs. Brooke Taylor coping? Do you know? I had, to, uh, I mean, obviously, I would assume incredibly uh, upset, but she, I think, uh, she emailed me very kindly the day after, just to, just to say, you know, continue on with. I'm sorry, read that again, and 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 little bits about how Tim was very fond of me and my family. So it was, it was just a really lovely email, and you know, a, a sort of an, an unnecessary one. I didn't expect it um, at all, and so to have her 
to email, you know, was was lovely. So, uh, but you know, in a, in a very very painful time. Yeah, I, I read some of your um, uh, some of your writings just after Tim had passed, and you said that um, you, you remembered fondly how he. One of your last memories of him was that he had embraced your children. Yeah, he did um, because. Yeah, that was it's very touching. Yeah, it was. It was just before that we did a sound check for the last performance that he was involved in, and my kids were there, and they're only sort of seven and, and nine, um, and so. Uh, and because they sort of knew him in a sense, they'd met him a couple of times, and you know they'd seen me working with him. They started they started to call him Uncle Tim, which was rather, and I think they, that distinction of you know people mm. that you know that you end up sort of adding that attribute to because you you like them so much. And he, yeah, he just I mean they just had a big bear hug together, and then and then off they went to play whilst we sort of sound checked. So that was a. A very sort of bittersweet uh, memory, but um, but he was you know he was he was lovely with them as, as I'm sure he was with every every person he met and every every fan. He just seemed to be incredibly open and sort of you know not not wanting anybody to go away disappointed. So uh, it was lovely, really. Having never met him myself, um, yeah, he always come across that way. So I'm, I'm I'm touched to hear that that's what he was like in person. Yeah, he was. He was amazing. It genuinely, genuinely very open and gentlemanly, and 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 just wanted people to smile and have fun. And I think that's why he enjoyed performing and certainly coming on. You know, he had no no reason to come on this stage tour with us, which was you know he would drive for two hours sometimes to get or three hours to get to one of our venues just to sort of do twenty twenty five minutes with us because he just loved being on stage and get, getting you know getting laughs and, and and seeing this old material still working today which was which was amazing so barnaby when you're standing on stage do you kind of pinch yourself when you look stage right and there's tim brooke taylor standing up there doing a show with you yeah it was it was a weird it was always weird um especially when you sort of end up in fits of giggles together during you know when you're mucking about with lines that you shouldn't be saying and uh, and it, it's just the weirdest moment every now and again you'll come out of doing it and sort of realize that you're stood there with you know one of the original members and a goodie um and and he was you know it was we it sort of weirdly became the norm because he was he was so supportive that he uh, and he did say before this tour can you write the script so that I am a full cast member so that I'm not just popping in for 10 minutes he wasn't asking for any more money for it at all he just wanted to be on stage the whole time I think he loved being part of a team and we were all uh, I I hope sort of nice people to be around uh, and he became part of the team in that way what absolute precious memories you'll hold on to that for the rest of your life I imagine Um, yeah what what a what a treat (laughs) Barnaby, I can't help noticing that um, uh, in this uh, Zoom conference, your head looks a lot younger than the other heads that are here. <laughs> did you grow up with the goodies like we did? This was part of our... We've, we had this beforehand. So I'm, I'm a, I was born in about 73, um, so I sort of caught the tail end of the goodies. So, But I grew up listening to... I'm sorry to read that again, and I'm sorry I haven't a clue. So... So, sort of, Tim and Graham and Bill were 
where those sort of comedy heroes that you look up to or want to write like or certainly want to perform like um, and so I knew who he, who he was yeah I, pr- I probably listened to him on radio before watching him on, on television so um, yeah. but um, but then you do that thing isn't it where you, you just if you love comedy and you want to be in that world you learn about everything and you, you get your hands on as much stuff as you can um, and Tim was certainly central to to the way comedy evolved and has grown and is is now performed. I mean, he was part of that amazing troupe that came out of the sixties that sort of changed comedy completely. So, um, and and could have been you know part of the Pythons was was asked to be part, but but didn't feel like he he was good enough, so he turned it down. Which was you know that's that's in a nutshell what Tim was like. He was a very humble and and just yeah it's amazing it's the the sheer breadth of his career did he have a philosophy with comedy is that something he ever shared with you i i think he just liked being if it was funny and if he could get up and be funny i mean he was uh, he was we used one sketch that we didn't realize that he'd written from i'm sorry read that again because predominantly when we did the stage show we used graham and bill's writings because they wrote the majority of the radio show but there's one sketch that we did which i absolutely loved and it had been marked wrong in the the bbc sort of files and tim uh said oh this is this is my sketch uh, and this actually sort of happened to him during the cambridge circus days when they were touring New Zealand it was a brilliant sort of sketch about a cafe and this uh, sort of Basil faulty like waiter um, and uh, yeah and, and he just anything that was funny he just he loved doing he wasn't afraid to you know just make himself look silly and that is you know in, the, in comedy that is the, the biggest thing I, I don't care what I look like as long as it gets a laugh <laughs> he wasn't afraid to dress up that was for sure <laughs> Can I ask Mike a question there? Because, Mike, you know a lot about... I mean, I think you're the goodies expert. Um, oh, hardly. So, so most, of the, most of the scripts are written by Graham and Bill. Um, how much did Tim contribute? I know that he, he you know, obviously in rehearsals he would add some, but how big was his contribution to the writing? I, I, I couldn't answer that. I, I, I wouldn't consider myself to be an expert at that kind of level. But I mean, I, I did always expert. notice that... I did always notice that his... Um, the credits in the first few series were always the series were were written by by Graham and Bill with uh, Tim. So that implies that the other two wrote the initial script and then Tim would add in as they rehearse and so on. But I honestly I, I, I wouldn't know. I mean I'm sure Barnaby knows them better than I do from that respect. So yeah. So how much is Tim Barnaby in the goodies? Well, um when we did the audible uh, sort of one off episode we had a meeting, uh, the three of them and I, uh, and did the meeting like they used to do meet the meetings. And I think that's where the credit comes from because they would, the three of them would kick around ideas and work out, you know, what's topical, what two subjects that don't seem to go together can we mash together to make something funny? Um, and so I think the first meeting we had was about four hours long and it was hilarious where they were just throwing stuff out and throwing jokes down and I was scribbling away trying to get everything as much as I could because I was having to to obviously write the whole thing um originally um and so so he he contributed as much 
as them. And I suppose then Graham and Bill would go away and write the script and he would then tweak it. I mean, when we did the, the Audible one, the script went to Graham and Bill to sort of edit. Uh, but Tim was always, you know, we always said, you know, there's anything that Tim wants to include or whatever. Um, and so I think it was that, I mean, the, the initial working out of an episode and working out of a storyline, that's what he would contribute to. And then I suppose, you know, gags in rehearsal or tweakings of lines. Um, but mainly it was that initial input into the process, um, which is why he got a credit. So Barnaby, why do you think the, the show's lasted so long in people's memories? Um, and, and do you still find it funny today? And um, do you think it's aged well over the years? Um, I th- the, the weird thing is, I think the fact that the joke is, of course, that it never gets repeated. But And I think, oddly, that has gone in its favour in, in a weird way because the people that did watch it and loved it really clung on to it um, because you couldn't you couldn't basically watch it again until the advent of videos and and DVDs and even then you know it was it was a struggle to get that out out there sort of thing um, and so I I think that sort of weird sort of uh, cult of remembering what the goodies was like um, sort of grew and grew and grew. Um, and because I, I know you guys in Australia sort of had it on quite a lot, so you, uh, I think possibly, <laughs> oh, oh, every year minimum. <laughs> yeah, the biggest fan base is probably in Australia, um, uh, aside from the UK. But um, uh, and I just think that that, that sort of uh, they obviously they ran for ten years, and they'll say themselves that some of the episodes weren't as good or weren't as politically correct as other episodes, but they always came from a point of comedy and a point of satire, basically. So some of the stuff might look misguided now, but at the time was satirising things in the way that they could um, and so and sort of taste change and evolve a new... Uh, but, you know, 80-90% of the goodies is brilliant. Um, and then, uh, you know, but after 10 years' worth, there's always going to be a couple of episodes that they don't like themselves or, or aren't quite as strong as others but um it's just a you know you can't you can't be that good for that long without it without it still you know resonating and and, and being a good show earlier on mike mentioned there were those bottle episodes so when they had to they had not much budget left but they had to come up with something that was more character driven maybe in one room and uh, do you think that brought out some of the best of them or not so good? Well, the, as you'll probably have read, Tim in interviews will always say that his favourite episodes were those episodes where, yeah, were devoid mm. of sort of any prop budget and any any location shooting. So they had to be really clever about sort of being contained in, in one room and doing something. Um, and uh, that's just, I mean, that's sort of, I find... I find them amazing because it is going. That's going back to their sort of radio roots of it's got to be funny with the words because there's no particular visuals. Um, but then you know the goodies are sort of known for their amazing uh, visual styles. So, so I think a general fan will always hark back to the you know the magic roundabout running around a garden and all that. You know the the big sort of the big set pieces. Whereas if you're maybe a lot, you know, a, I don't know whether a more true fan or even 
people that like comedy better but the, the intricacy of the the episodes when they are sort of locked away on their own is always is always very funny and brings out the characters more i think you mentioned the fan base of the goodies and yep it did reach our shores over in australia and we did watch it on repeat and it became a ritual every night doctor who and the goodies five nights a week on repeat for years and years how far was the fan base spread like is it reached iceland or antarctica where are the far-flung corners of the fan empire mike you know what Barnaby? i could certainly answer one country because i was just there new zealand it's big that's not far flung. That's just yeah. next door. Yeah, but I'm just throwing in another <laughs> country. Awesome. I know, but New Zealand it is big. I want to hear somewhere that's like, like you know, you don't expect like Kazakhstan or something. <laughs> ah, yes, Liberstan. Um, I I have met people uh, from all over the states who remember the goodies because they were shown on. I think it was PBS. Ah. I think it might have been shown in the states, but um, not PBS. Well, I'm not sure, but um, I I don't know. I mean, I haven't met anybody from Eastern Europe yet who remembers the goodies but i'm sure it must have been shown over there um, well, the uh, the sense of humor is very similar to the polish, polish. sense of humor because that would have been the eastern block but when the goodies was being shown so would they uh, have had true. access yeah they might not they might not have had a chance may not to see have. it yeah maybe later they did but maybe not then yeah it's true. It's true. One thing that I will say before I know our time is running out again, I've got to mention this. You guys in Australia have um, produced some of my favourite ever comedians, and I think there must be a goodies influence, and you'd have a better idea. Um, Lena or yes. Woodley? <laughs> you know who Lena? Very good. Yeah. Oh. Lena or Woodley, where their TV show was shown here late at night on the uh, the Irish national radio, our TV station, mm. and I just happened to catch it one Friday evening. What is this weird thing? And by the end of the show, I was nearly crying laughter, and I went, "This is a natural successor to the ah. goodies." Yeah, it was absolute pure gold, and I love those guys. If you've watched a lot of Lano and Woodley, yeah, um, I have. Colin I've seen Lane them all. Is really cruel to <laughs> yeah, Colin Woodley, and really, really cruel. Where the goodies—they were mean, but they weren't cruel. Well, yeah, but but Leno um, in, in Colin was always um, he was he was cruel, but in, in his mind he was being kind, oh, he, which I think innocent. was you know his character. Um, but I loved the fact that they did have the long form um, sketches, mm -hmm. as it were. Yeah, um, Leno and Woodley have done a song tribute to Tim. Right. Yeah, I only watched oh, wow. it the other day. It was very very funny, and um, they they listed the goodies as one of their absolute influences. So yeah. You, Nice, nice to pick that up, yeah, Mike. Mm. They did. Yeah. Ah, oh, fantastic. Call Mike. <laughs> I'm just looking it up on my phone, um, so I can send. Why looking back. it up, uh, Barnaby? Uh, apropos nothing, you also fronted a Blues Brothers band. Is that correct? <laughs> I did. Yeah. Um, only so I could make silly jokes in character. Um, on. <laughs> But um, yeah, no, I, uh, yes, I was I was Alwood in the in a ten piece Blues Brothers band, just because <laughs> we thought. It See, would coincidentally, be fun. right now it's on TV. Like my wife's watching it on TV right now, oh. and also Todd has also played John Belushi's character in a ten piece well, there we go. Blues we should, Brothers band. We should join up because uh, copyright he, I was infringements out. everywhere. Don't sell yourself short, Jim. You were the musical director of I that band. I take no responsibility the... for that. <laughs> <laughs> that 
that's a hard job yeah. being the musical director, I have to say. Um, we found that on on doing the I'm Sorry Read That Again stage show that Bill's songs were so difficult to transpose because he wrote in such a unique way that our musical director basically t- tore his hair out every time he had to try and work out one of the songs. <laughs> well, that was such a huge part Music. of their um, sketch comedy um, because it wasn't the usual kind of slapstick music that went with the, the sped-up clips. He wrote those great songs. Yeah. He did. And no, some made it into the top ten and stuff. And uh, Todd and I also know um, Dave McRae, who uh, wrote, co-wrote with Bill Lottie the the great song, the classic song, uh, the song I once played at my funeral, which is String, <laughs> and the Funky Gibbon. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I have to say that uh, the best known song I remember was that uh, thing they did right oh, at the end yeah. of Gunfighter, the OK Tape Tea Room. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that music piece was just brilliant timing. Uh, I haven't got the words to say. It was just brilliant. Yeah, it's part of the story. Not- Some of the stuff you've done, uh, Barnaby, you, you're clearly a chronic <laughs> underachiever. How do you find the time in the day to give us some of your time? I try to be. Well, I, I've, I've plonked my children uh, in front of a colouring book in the other room <laughs> and, um, and and my wife's in the bath, so that's that's rather handy. So uh, I'm now sat in the kitchen trying to, uh, yes, uh, trying to connect to Australia, which is good. So, <laughs> but, um... uh, either of you been out here to Australia? Yet. I've always always wanted to go, but I'm scared of spiders. And I know Australia is made up of 90% airs rock and 10% <laughs> spiders. So there's no way, unless someone brings me over, which might well happen. Um, but yeah, I know I'd love to go because I have so many relatives and so many friends over there. I'd love to visit. Yeah, I definitely want to visit snakes. my mate Sasha. Mike, I Australia. just have to let you know, to come to Australia now, you don't have to commit a crime. You don't no, have to. You can actually ah, come as a free just person kill all those guys for <laughs> You did mention that headless torso in your car. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she has a name, you know. <laughs> she just doesn't answer back when you call it out, right? <laughs> <laughs> She's still my mom. No, I'd love to visit Australia one day. But it is, for us to go to Australia from, from this side of the world, I mean, I'm sure Brian will know, it, it, it's... It's a huge commitment because it's at least a day's mm-hmm. travelling there and back. Uh, so you've got to have at least one cruising is good. minimum to go. You can't just pop over. I've yeah. heard cruising Sorry? is good. Uh, there's so many different meanings <laughs> there. My wife used to work for the cruise industry. It's, it's, uh, yeah, it's tanking at the moment. So I've heard that the, uh, the coronavirus kills the Legionnaires disease, that's so that's something. Well, yeah. half, my, half my mother's family live in Australia. <laughs> So uh, and I've yet to, to to go over, which is rather naughty. Uh, so although we a couple of times the Sydney Comedy Festival have emailed and said, "Would you like to bring?" I'm sorry, that again over, and then you tell them, "Well, there's ten people involved," and they go, "Oh, never mind then." Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, we are absolutely happy to campaign to get you over here. If there's anything we can do, let us know. We can use local talent. Thank you for joining us tonight. It's been a, a real eye-opener for all of us, and we appreciate you Thank your time you so much. 
Um, if anybody, you, if anybody wants to contact either yourself or Mike uh, via Twitter, uh, email, or Facebook, how can they do it? Uh, well, I, I, I uh, carrier pigeon would be good, um, but uh, <laughs> no, uh, no, I'm just not... There's still no truth down over the Atlantic. Um, <laughs> I've got, I've got a website uh, which I will send to everybody now. Okay, uh, so if you say it out loud, it works better. <laughs> oh yeah, MichaelOwenCarroll.com. O W E N that is for Owen. But you know, you just 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 look up awesome on the internet, and that's me. Um, <laughs> yeah, I just googled it. It's right. Yeah. It comes up. Yeah. <laughs> what a great See, play with words. MichaelOwenCarroll.com. It's very very yeah. annoying. Much wonderful. Thank you for listening to our second episode of A Walk in the Black Forest, the Goodies Podcast. This concludes our tribute to Tim Brooke Taylor, but we'll be back in the following weeks where we'll be reviewing our favourite two episodes of The Goodies. If you'd like to contact Barnaby, you can find him on Facebook under Barnaby Eaton Jones or The Eaton Jones Fellow. And for all your Mike Carroll-related needs, have a look at michaelowencarroll.com. You can also catch Barnaby live because he appears in every live performance that's ever been staged in London. If you'd like to leave us a message, feel free to drop us an email at goodiespod at gmail.com. You can also have a look at our Facebook page. We're at A Walk in the Black Forest, The Goodies Podcast on Facebook, or you can get us at Goodies Pod. Feel free to jump on. You can leave us a Facebook message or just put a comment in the Facebook page. Have a look at some of the stuff we've got up there. There's some interesting goodies-related uh, stuff we, we're working on at the moment, and we should have a lot more up in the weeks to come. We'd love to hear from you, so drop us a message or an email, and we'd love to give you a shout-out on the show. Thank you so much for joining us tonight, and we'll see you next time on A Walk in the Black Forest, the Goodies Podcast. <laughs>